The Convention Collective Sandbox. At Emerald City Comic Con 2019. Hi, this is Dan Barry. I'm here at Emerald City Comic Con 2019 with Philip Seavey, comic book artist. Here to talk about some of the stuff he's shown off with the con, as well as some of the projects he's been working on. So, Philip, I know right now you're doing some series for Top Cow. Can you tell us about some of those? Sure. The book I'm working on right now for Top Cow is called The Freeze. Uh, it was written and created by Dan Wickline. Um, and it is a series about an event that happens that causes everyone in the world to be frozen in time, or they can't move. Uh, except one character, our main character, Ray. Ray can move around freely, and when he comes uh, touches someone skin to skin, that person then unfreezes. So it kind of becomes a uh, post-apocalypse story without the apocalypse. It's who do we unfreeze? Um, who will help civilization and society? How do we keep ourselves safe? Um, while also the lingering question in the background is like, what caused this? And, and how are we supposed to kind of move forward in life? Um, so the fourth issue just came out this last week. And the trade will be out, I think it's in May, early May, end of April. So yeah. And you said the fourth issue is out. How many issues is the series going to be, or is it ongoing, or is it limited? Um, right now, the first four are out. That's the first story arc, and then the trade will be out. And then, depending on how things go with that, we'll kind of see. We have more story that we'd like to tell. Um, we we end on some nice cliffhangers in the fourth issue, um, and uh, with, the, with the way comics are today, it's kind of a, a good way to go four issue, four or five issues at a time to see how the uh, the audience receives it and if it's going to do well. Now, other than freeze, are there any other projects you're currently working on that? or that you have planned to work on sure. that you can talk about. Yeah, um, I have a, a horror book that I put out um, just last year. It's called The House. Um, I worked on it with artist Drew Zucker. I worked on the writing portion of it, but it's a World War II haunted house story about a group of soldiers during the Battle of the Bulge who get lost in the woods. Um, and this blizzard rolls in, so they seek shelter and they stumble across an abandoned uh, mansion. They go inside to get out of the storm, and once they get inside, the door disappears, and they have to figure out how to get out. And that's um, available as a trade paperback at the show, as well as this available it's at, online? It's at the show, and it's on, uh, at my website, which is just philipcv.com. Um, and then here and there, some retailers have carried it. It's not as far wide. But I just wrapped up a bunch of work on Tomb Raider for Dark Horse as well. Um, and I'm working on a really cool creator-owned book that will be announced in a couple months, but I can't quite talk about it yet. So, <laughs> And when are they going to announce that? I know a couple months from now at San Diego Comic-Con, so it's before then? Or? It'll be before then. We're looking at announcing probably in June. Okay, so right before San Diego Right before San Diego. Yeah, it's hard to announce at San Diego because there's so many announcements. Exactly. But yeah, this one should be out in the fall, so we're looking to announce it in around June um, and then talk about it in San Diego more. Okay, got it. Yeah. I, I noticed on, because like, I kind of looked at your bio on um, Images' website, uh -huh. And I guess, was it 2014 you won Top Cow, or you were one Top Cow's, I can't remember the exact term. Yes, yeah, I was one of the runner-ups in the talent hunt, correct. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, being that, um, and they also said that you started drawing at the age of four. Yes. <laughs> was artists always something, or being an artist always something you wanted to do growing up, or? No, that's a good question. Pretty much, um, I was just, someone who was here earlier, we were talking about kind of getting into comics, and I was about nine years old when I grabbed my first X-Men comic. And I'd been drawing, and I'd had cartoons and toys, and like I'd loved comics, but when I grabbed that comic at nine, I was like, I'm going to be a comic book artist. <laughs> and you know, it took another 20-some-odd years to get to that point, but it was, it's was it been my main goal for most of my life, yeah. Now, what artists actually inspire you? Oh, that's a really great question, and it feels like I will never be able to name them all. But I mean, growing up, artists like Jim Lee were huge for me, uh, Mark Silvestri, Mike Turner, Dave Finch. Um, and then a little bit more modern guys like Sean Murphy, um, Sarah Pichelli, Stuart Eminen, 
um, Dave Marquez, like I, Ivan Rice, I can just go on and on and on. Like anyone who's good, um, and, I, and I'm naming a bunch of mainstream artists, but like there's such a variety of like style and stuff. Like I'm like, yeah, anyone, <laughs> everything. I love comics, I'm sorry. And, uh, I know you said um, it was at the age of nine you picked up the comic book. Is that how you got into art, or? Um, yeah, I mean, yes and no. Um, I, I, my family's a little artistic. Uh, my grandpa was a painter, and my uh, my aunt is an illustrator and does portraits. And I had another another like great uncle who was a professional artist. So like, art influences were around me, but not necessarily like this is you know no one was taking me to art school. I just kind of started drawing for fun as a kid and telling stories, and then yeah, once I picked up comics, I found that art form, and that's kind of where I, I got sucked into. Now, being in the artistic field can be scary to jump into full-time. How yes. do you make that transition? You know, ah, that's a really good question. We could probably talk forever about that. And it's very different um, and individual with which artists, each artist, and like, what are your needs? What are your comfort levels? Where do you live? Um, there, I still teach um, art um, kind of as like a part-time job. Um, I spent about five years teaching at an art school in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, okay. which is where I live these days. Um, and I transitioned out of that in the last year, and I'm doing a lot of online teaching with comics experience, which is a, an online comics course, uh, comics instruction run by Andy Schmidt, okay. who's a former Marvel editor, IDW, Hasbro. Um, and we have online courses. They're six weeks a piece usually. We've got people like me. Chris Sotomayor, Heather Antos, um, uh, Dave, Dave Sharp, yeah, Valiant Editor. A lot of professionals teaching those courses um, that range from comic art to lettering to production to graphic design to kickstarting to promotion to all sorts of stuff. Andy teaches, Paul Aller teaches. I'm forgetting half of our instructors, but there's a lot of, like, all the people that are teaching are current industry professionals, um, and, and it's a really cool opportunity. So that kind of plays into doing art as a full-time is that's still... It's not necessarily drawing. It's it's, but it's not necessary. It doesn't feel like a day job, right? It's, it's right. connected to what I do. Yeah. So you do what you, it's not really. Yeah. You know, if you like what you, or what is it? What's the saying? If you like what you do for work, you'll never really work in your life. Yes, which is an absolute lie. You work even harder when you like what you do. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I mean, transitioning into full time art, it really, it's very individual. Because um, I mean, someone living in South Dakota by themselves has a very like their the amount of money they need to survive comfortably is a lot lower than someone who has like five kids and lives in New York City. Right. Um, so you know, being able to transition into full time art really is a situational thing. But it's you know, it's really just being aware like what are my needs um, and kind of like balancing the needs versus like doing art and then having that that passion and that want um, and then kind of where you can find that the level where oh I can make enough money here to live by sacrificing a couple of these things then we're good got it now talk about yourself who is what's your favorite villain any fandom oh villain of any fandom yeah oh man you pick one villain from any fandom um you know I would I, at least at the top of my head I would probably have to go with like Magneto okay I've been an X-Men fan since birth pretty much and Magneto nine. yeah exactly Magneto is actually one of the first memories I have I got a Magneto toy when I was two I remember that but I, I think what makes Magneto always interesting and compelling is he's not necessarily like a mustache twirler he has a philosophy and his philosophy is grounded in his love of people like him and the people who are are, are, are treated differently and are oppressed um, so even though his, his tactics are extreme at times there's always times where I look around in the world and be like ah Magneto is right <laughs> we, we can definitely use with someone to, you know, to take out some of these people that I don't agree with, which is obviously wrong, which is why Magneto's a villain, but at the same time, he has a compelling um, narrative and a compelling character. And have you had any neat fan moments of people meeting you? Uh, meeting me? Yeah. Um, 
I don't even know. I mean, just I, I don't. This is a small one, but just earlier, the first book I ever worked on is a book called The First Hero, uh, which was an action lab, and I did it six years ago. And we just had someone come up to the table a minute ago who had the trade from that book and had me sign it. And I, I don't know how many times I've had someone come up. It's not very often because it's such an old, an older work in a smaller book. Um, but it was a book I worked super hard on, so it was really fun to have someone come up with that book and have me a chance to sign it. So. Now, if there was any writer that you could work with from any genre, who would you like to work with? Ooh, Brian K. Vaughn. Okay. He's probably my favorite comics writer. I mean, as far as, like, writer overall, I love Stephen King. I love Joss Whedon. Those are the writers that I kind of was raised on. So I, whenever I write stories, I always kill all the main characters because that's what those guys taught me how to do. Uh, but, yeah, in comics, Brian K. Vaughn is one of my, is, like, my favorite writers. Hands down. Hands down. I, you, not, you not even have to think about that. Just No, boom. I love him so much. <laughs> I have been rereading a lot of his stuff right now as Saga's on break and we were in between arcs of paper girls and I'm just like he's just the best <laughs> now I know you mentioned the school that you teach yes um, where can people find out more about that school online sure yeah comicsexperience.com okay so it's comic c-o-m-i-c-s experience e-x-p-e-r-i-e-n-c-e I spell okay. that dot com Thomas spelling yeah exactly okay. <laughs> uh, and then yeah there's information about courses they actually have a really great community there of just like message boards where you don't have to take any courses you can just join the message boards and we've got thousands of commenters kind of in a private board to talk about the specifics of the industry and working in and around comics and there's a there's a because of the community is really great but also not public there's a lot more information we can talk about on there than we would like on twitter or something like that